If that starts giving you trouble, just turn it off. It's for us tonight. <laughs> we need to hear it to be good for us. All right, brother, if you will, turn to John chapter 8. Just a reminder, a week from today, next Wednesday, there won't be a midweek service. But we'll meet this Sunday and following Sunday, Lord willing, and resume after that. John chapter 8. Tell my message is, do you want to be glad? You want to be glad? You want to rejoice? You want to be happy? It ain't like it is in the TVs and the movies and the commercials and the postcards. It may look a little bit different in shoe leather. Our Lord was speaking here in John 8 to those Pharisees and they had brought up Abraham. All of these serpents, these hypocrites, these children of darkness, these ones that the Lord condemned, every one of them believed in election. Did you know that? Well, they had their doctrine as straight as a gun barrel and just as empty. They checked all the blocks. They did. They were Lord's people. They were the physical offspring of Abraham. They believed in election, didn't they? And they brought up Abraham, and our Lord spoke to them. He instructed them. And we'll pick up verse 51, John 8, 51. He said, Verily, verily, of a truth, of a truth, truly, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. All the things he'd set up till now. Everything he said. Leaving on him. You keep his sayings, you'll never see death. Verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham's dead. And the prophets. And thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never take death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? They said, who do you think you are? Jesus answered and said, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liker like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. <laughs> on right now. God incarnate, the Messiah, walking this earth as a substitute for his people. The, the lamb he's provided himself for. Abraham saw this. He knew this was coming. And he rejoiced. That word rejoice means jumping for joy, ecstatic, elated, overjoyed to see the day of the Lord Christ. And when he saw that day, it says he was glad. Glad's a verb. It means to be full of cheer. I talked before about happy. Happy comes from the word happenstance. It's every now and then. It ain't all the time. But it's to be calmly happy. Calmly. That's contentment, isn't it? It also means well off. <laughs> How you doing? I'm well off. I'm glad. I'm content. Abraham, throughout the Scriptures, known for his faith, for believing God. Not believing in God, but believing God. Believing what God said. David was known for his compassion, wasn't he? For love and tenderness. Abraham is faith, same way. Was all this cheering and jumping up and down and dancing and everybody happy, happy, happy? 
Was that all it was? Oh no. This salvation is not what the world thinks. This isn't health and wealth and prosperity and you'll never see another cloudy day. You'll never be sad again. That's not the case. No. This believing God, seeing Christ, knowing Him, loving Him, following Him. It's not all roses. It's not all prosperity and health and wealth. No, sir. Turn over to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. This is serious business. Not to be made light of. And, equally so, it's serious gladness. This is serious contentment and rejoicing. It's not fleeting, it's not momentary, and it's not feigned. It's not pretend. It's lasting and meaningful contentment, gladness. We should pay attention to Abraham. He's the father of the faith, and he's our pattern. Paul wrote to us in Galatians, he said, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, those that believe God, his children, the same are the children of Abraham. That's his spiritual seed. That's his spiritual children. And you know Abraham was mentioned a lot in the Scriptures? I looked that up today. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Nehemiah, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Hebrews, James, and First Peter. James said he was the friend of God. The Lord wrote about his friend, didn't he? <laughs> the Lord moved those pens to tell us something about Abraham. Maybe we ought to pay, pay attention to him. Not for us. This is our example. If this is our pattern, we ought to learn how to be glad. We ought to learn about Abraham, shouldn't we? Gave us. Look here, you got Romans 4. Speaking of Abraham, Paul writes here in Romans 4, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. There's four serious things here Paul mentioned about Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, he believed God. You know what he said? You and Sarah, your wife, y'all been married for 50 some years. She's 70 years old, you're 75. You're going to have a great nation. I believe him. For 25 years, the Lord said, y'all going to have a child. And he didn't stagger. He didn't stutter step. He didn't say, I don't know if I don't know if we can pull this off. Maybe he's talking about something else. Now we see through his actions, <laughs> some doubt stuff, but he didn't stagger. He didn't mock God. He didn't charge him with folly, did he? He says, but was strong in faith. Not in head faith and heart faith. How do we know there was a difference? He acted on it. God told him to do something. And what did he do? He did it. He said, come out of Ur and the Chaldees. What did he do? He left Ur of the Chaldees. Take Isaac up that mountain. Would he have been, you just talk about how bad, that's a, that's a strong brother. He's still sitting down in Cal, the, or the Chaldees, but he never left. But he's a strong... No, he ain't. He was strong in faith. He believed God. Giving glory to God. No, he didn't say, I did this. You know what? I I left. 
I packed up, I brought Lot with me, and I went here, and I went there, and I obeyed God, and I, I took Isaac up that mountain, and I saw the ram, and I booted Hagar and Ishmael, just like, oh, Lord made me do that. How'd you come out of there? God made me. His hand moved me. How could you do such a thing? Oh, what strong faith you had. It wasn't me. It was Him doing it. He gave glory to God. And being fully persuaded. Oh, what we could learn from that. I read these things and dwell on these things throughout the week. And I think my faith ain't worth even speaking of. Oh, what little faith I have. He was fully persuaded. What's that mean? You ain't got a backup plan. Do I have a backup plan? Well, what if the Lord don't work it out the way I think He's going to? Well, I got something to fall back on. That's what Paul dealt with up on there in Athens, wasn't it? They had an idol to every god. And just in case their god wasn't God, they had an idol to an unknown god. They had a backup plan. I believe God. I don't think I have to be baptized to believe, but no, I was baptized. <laughs> I got it wrote down here on a card in my wallet. It's a backup plan, isn't it? Fully persuaded. What if we lose it all? So what? I believe Him. God said He was going to provide. I don't think He's lying. He was fully persuaded. That's what Paul said. I am fully persuaded that He's able to keep that which I've committed not unto a doctrine, not unto a church confessional, not unto Spurgeon, unto Him. I've committed unto Him against that day. That's what it was. He was fully persuaded, fully committed, and God's worth committing to. I can't say it about nobody else's. This one's worth committing to. It's worth giving y'all to. It's worth taking your son up a mountain and killing him for. Like Lot, it's worth giving you two daughters for. He's worth it. He said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. How are some of the ways that Abraham saw the day of the Lord and was glad? It's not all of them, but I'm going to go through a few of them with you if we've got time. If you will, turn to Genesis 12. Genesis chapter 12. The Lord came to Abraham and spoke to Abraham. Here in Genesis 12 verse 1, said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. You will be hedged about. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. God Almighty came to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham, commanded him, told him what to do, told him how he was going to bless him. And then what happened? That man that was strong in the faith, that believed God, that staggered not at these promises. We don't even have kids yet. What's he talking about? And we're too late already, up 75 years old. He believed him, and so Abram departed. He acted. That faith acted. It did something. Now you think about the man. You put yourself in Abraham's shoes. Because it sounds so easy to read. Well, the Lord called Abraham and he pulled him out. 
Abraham had lived there in Ur of the Chaldees for 75 years. He'd lived there. He knew that place. That was home. You get that? It was home. That's where his barber shop was. <laughs> that's, where, that's where he got his hair cut. And that's where he went fishing. And he knew all the fruit trees around town. He knew where he could go get him an apple or something or a fig. He knew every sweet spring of water. You get thirsty. Just around the corner over there, I know there's a well over there. He knew where the water was, which one was best. There was a rock. Every time he passed that rock going to that heathen church he went to, he thought, you know what? That's the place Sarah was sitting the first time I kissed her. Isn't that sweet? That's where his memories were. That's where his memories were. Daddy whooped me over there. I remember that. Remember when I broke that, that window out? All these memories he had. That's the best fishing hole in the lake. I know right where it is. This is where me and all my religious friends, we'd dress up a couple times a week and we'd play with our idols. He was an idolater, wasn't he? A religious man. Superstitious man. And went to church every week twice on Sunday. Super religious. And they were so zealous. Zealous. They did what they did earnestly for God. There was a mountain. See that mountain right there? That's the one we throw the little kids off of. To worship God. You think all Abraham's crew, when he said, me and the boys will go up the mountain and worship. Oh boy, he's slipping. He's backsliding. <laughs> he was comfortable there. How could that be gladness? To leave his home, his family, his friends, everything he's ever knew. How could that be gladness? Because he heard God. God called him. And that's rare. That's a rare, precious thing. How could Abraham be glad in, in doing this? He saw Christ in it. Christ revealed Himself to Abraham and He spoke to him and He called him out. Called him by name. People call on the Lord, don't they? I grew up, they read the Scriptures and prayed in school whenever you started school. When everybody started nodding their head, oh, that's good. <laughs> Not if you've got a heathen teaching them. <laughs> I don't know what God they're praying to. But they, I see them signs. There's always prayer in school as long as there's tests, isn't there? There's always prayer in a foxhole when the bullets are flying. Everyone calls on God. Oh God, help God, help me Lord. If rents do or the bullets flying, they call on Him. But it's rare for God to call on a sinner. That's a rare thing. That's a precious thing to be spoke to by God. Our Lord said in Matthew 7, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, the one to enter the kingdom. What's that will? He said, This is the work of God, ye that believe on him whom he sent. Believe on the Son. How are you going to believe on him if you ain't heard about him? How are you going to hear without a preacher? <laughs> he has to call. I can talk and talk and talk and talk. Unless God is pleased to speak to the hearts of his people, it ain't going to happen. He has to do it. The Lord said, Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Abraham did all kinds of prophesying, didn't he? He had all kinds of idle play. And in thy name we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works. I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What's our hope? God has to come to us. He has to come to his people. Abraham was glad. The Lord did not come and deal with him in his sin. The Lord did not come and deal with his guilt. The Lord didn't meet him in the condemnation he rightfully earned. He came in mercy. Get you out. Well, we looked at Lot the other day. Them angels came and said, get up and get out. and Get everybody you love and get them out of this town. Mercy. 
Judgment's coming. Destruction's coming. Get out. He saw the day of Christ. He rejoiced. He was glad. He saw the Lord. And he did not stagger at his word. He didn't say, well, we're going to live. He was strong in the face because he got up and he got to walking. Not knowing where he's going. And this wasn't Abraham's idea. They said, oh, you're such a strong man. He said, oh, no, the Lord talked to me. The Lord came to me. I didn't pick this. The Lord told me what to do. You packed up. Yeah, he gave me the strength to do it. He glorified the Lord. And he was fully persuaded. How do we know? He left our <laughs> He got to walking. You think on that walk as he left Ur, we'll put it in shoe leather. You think he passed some trees that reminded him of home? He sure did. He kept on walking. Do you think that he may have had some memories while he was walking on them long days of loved ones and of memories of where he grew up and things that were so precious to him? Of course he did. But he kept walking. He kept walking. He staggered not strong in the faith, gave glory to God, and he was fully persuaded. And he was glad. Because the Lord came to him and spoke to him. The Lord was merciful to him. The person of the Lord came to Abraham and his work was declared. He met him again. Genesis 14. Look over a couple pages there. Genesis 14 verse 17. Genesis 14, 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chaudelamor. And the kings that were with him in the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of peace, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now wait a minute, Abraham just defeated those four kings that had defeated five kings, didn't he? Didn't he just take 318 farm hands and win this massive victory? Now the kings are lined up that he rescued and about to give him just pomp and circumstance and rewards and all these earthly riches and oh, no, we're going to keep the people, but you get all this stuff. <laughs> oh, what a warrior we have. A great general. Before all those praises come, before all that great wealth comes, Melchizedek comes to Abraham. Abraham didn't go to Melchizedek. Melchizedek comes to Abraham and he blesses him. bread and wine. They observed the Lord's table. He brought Christ to him. Christ brought Christ to Abraham. 
the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup and when he had supped, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Well, this is Old Testament stuff. Yeah, the law hadn't even come in yet, had it? Had it. <laughs> there was no Mosaic law. This is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. How was this possible? The law wasn't even around yet. That's the believer's rule of life. Is Christ. Not the law. How could Enoch have walked with God if the law was our rule? How could Noah have walked with God if the law was our rule? They had no rules. As far as man was concerned. That's something that ruled them is in their heart, wasn't it? That law of Christ ruled in their heart. Christ's blood did not free us from all the law. None of these men would be saved. If he didn't free us from the moral law, Abraham died in his sins. You understand that? That's the only law he had. He had to free us. Was Abraham ashamed that he didn't get to worship like all the other people? Israel did that, didn't they? We want a king like everybody else. We want our preacher to do this. We want to go around and visit little old ladies and have sip tea with people and, and visit the sick and we want him to say prayers like this. We want him to read this seven times a day. No, we'll do it God's way. Isn't it? Was Abraham ashamed he didn't get to worship like other folks? No. He praised and gave God the glory for the work that he accomplished. He agreed with Melchizedek. He said, Amen. What was another way he saw and was glad of Christ? That covenant of the Lord in the heart. He gave circumcision to Abraham, didn't he? In Genesis 17, he had to circumcise all of his house and himself. That faithful servant, Eliezer, he was there with him. He had to be circumcised. Eight days and up. From eight days old to 80, it didn't make a difference. If you was in my house, either bought with money or born in this house, you're going to be circumcised. How could Abraham be glad in doing this? He was grown. They didn't have lidocaine back then, you understand? God gave this to him. He said, do it. He did it. He, did. he was glad in doing it. Abraham is the one that God spoke to, that God met with. He revealed his person and work of Christ in substitution of his broken body and his blood shed. He said, you're going to be circumcised. What's that mean? Now, we know what that covenant means, don't we? That covenant of grace God does in the heart. He said, this is a token outwardly. But how's that? What's that manifest? What really is that? And shoe leather, what is that? You're different than everybody else, Abraham. Out of all the nations on this earth, you're different. You ain't like everybody else. I've come to you. I've revealed my son to you. You're different than everybody else. You're bought with a price. You're different. You know who you are and whose you are. That makes all your decisions change. The heart's different. It beats different than other people. You see things from Christ our high tower. We looked at there in the Psalms the other day. Now we see His providence at play. We see His will being performed. That changes how we... Do we still show up work on time? Yeah. You still work hard? Work a little harder than others, don't you? <clears throat> you may quit a job and get hired back that fast, huh? Before you leave the parking lot. A little different. Different than everybody else because you know what it means to be His. You know that covenant of grace. A natural man may not think too much of this, but another believer will see it. Another believer will know the difference. They'll see that working in them. Now there's mercy where there never was mercy. Now there's forgiveness and long-suffering and 
Loving kindness shed abroad in our hearts. That's different. That wasn't there before. Easy to speak with. <laughs> the way they speak, the way they think, the way they see things, it's different. What's another way Abraham saw Christ in his day and believed him and was glad? Turn over to Genesis 21. Genesis 21. Abraham and Sarah got together and many, many years. Twenty years went by. The Lord keeps saying we're going to have children. We don't have any children yet. And Sarah said, I got a great idea. We're going to put our hand to the work. I got this little girl here, Hagar, from we got from Egypt. Go into her and have a child. That's, how, that's the means the Lord's going to use instead of waiting on the Lord. They had Ishmael. Well, then time came when Isaac was born. And Ishmael made fun of Isaac, his little brother, little half-brother. And Sarah got mad. She'd been mad at Hagar for 18 years. And she told Abraham to cast them out. We have Isaac now. It says in Genesis 21, verse 10, Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the things which was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. This was hard. Did he do this? Yeah. He loved his son. That was his flesh and blood. He taught him how to shoot a bow and arrow. And he taught him how to tie his shoes. And he took care of him when he was sick. And showed him how to use a shovel and a hammer, everything. That's his child. His teenage son be with him his whole life. Whenever where he went. It was grievous because of his son. Verse 12. And God said to Abram, Let not this be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will make a nation because he's thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder. And the child was sent her way. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of her sheep. You think, in the next couple of days, every time Abraham went to take a drink of water, he picked a glass up and he thought, I wonder if they're out of water. I gave them one bottle and sent them on their way in the desert. You think they're out? You think it's hard on him? You think he was glad when he did that, you think that was joyous? He just clapped and did cartwheels and everything else? That was his son that he loved. Lord told him, it'll be fine. It'll be all right. Give him a bottle of water, give him a loaf of bread, tell him to hit the road. And he did. He staggered not. He was strong in the faith. How in the world could Abraham be glad about this? If he is to rejoice, if anyone's ever going to have true contentment, if everyone's ever going to truly rejoice, if everyone truly worship God, it's going to have to be because they see Christ in you. Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. That contentment and get you get some out on deathbed, put a pistol in somebody's mouth. Now you're going to see if the rubber meets the road. How about how about diagnosis come in? You got three months left. Or we'll see then, won't we? The Lord's going to prove it to you. He had to see Christ in this. That's what Paul was writing over in Galatians 4. He said, tell me you that desire to be under the law. Don't you hear the law? It's written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondmaid, that's by his hand, by the works, and the other by a free woman. But that bondwoman was born after the flesh. 
and he the free woman by promise. And goes on to say, so it was written, we're not the children of the bondwoman, we're the free. Abraham saw that, his heart was ripped out of his chest. Couldn't, couldn't sleep at night, tossing and turning, because that son he loved left. And he said, but Christ, I see Christ in this. That was my works, and the Lord put that away. Because his promise will stand. What he's declared, salvation that he's accomplished, will stand. And he was glad. He was content. <laughs> He was calmly rejoicing, calmly happy. He said, this is right. This is right. Last one. Abraham saw the day of Christ, and he believed him, and he was glad. And this is just, you see how this builds. The Lord came to him and said, leave you home. And he did. And then this here's how we're going to worship God. Melchizedek come. There's going to be a body broken. There's going to be blood shed for you. Christ in substitution is what this is. This is how we're going to worship God. And then he comes and says, circumcision. <laughs> Gave this covenant to him. You will be different than everybody else. You'll be like other people. You're my people. And I'm your God. This is what you're going to do. Now, that, what you put your hand to, those works of the flesh, that you thought was such a good idea, put that away. You're going to stand by my word, by my promise. That's how you're going to be saved. And this keeps progressing. Don't you think it's a little rougher? I had to leave home. That's pretty bad. Well, now I can't play church like my friends used to. We're going to worship God for real. With this, with this funny business, now it's going to hit me where I live. Be circumcised in the flesh. And everybody in my house, well, I don't like it. Well, you going to do it or get out? <laughs> you think there's some ripples in them 318 men? You bet there was. Now kick out Ishmael. Now, this is progressing, isn't it? He's growing in grace. The Lord's growing him. The Lord's proven himself to him that Christ truly did die for his people. He truly saved his people from their sins. And you truly ain't got a hand in it. It ain't up to you. It ain't dependent on you. He's going to have him sacrifice his son, Isaac. He said, you take your only son that you love. Take him up that hill and sacrifice him. There was no backup plan. Did you know that? He was fully persuaded. He didn't have a rabbit. So, well, just in case I change my mind when I get, in case the Lord don't come through, I'll, I'll cut this. There'll be some blood, or I got I got a couple chickens in a bag. No, put the wood on that boy's back. I got the fire. Let's go. He said, "Daddy, I got the wood and the flame. Where's the lamb?" Son, the Lord provided Himself the lamb. And he thought walking up that hill, He's going to kill Isaac, and the Lord's going to raise him from the dead because he believed God. And God said, "Through Isaac." shall your seed be. That's what we read over in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. He knew he was going to receive him in a figure. He knew Isaac was going to be raised up because he knew down the road, Christ, the seed was going to be raised from the dead. I believe God. He wasn't stumbling around in the dark, was he? No, he was, he was taught of God. Put yourself in Abraham's shoes. You believe God. God said sacrifice him. And through him, my seed's going to come. And you believe him. Now you got a knife. Got that 15-year-old boy strapped out there. 115-year-old man ties up a 15-year-old boy. I think the boy believed. <laughs> 
It's hard enough to tie up a five-year-old, much less a 15-year-old, isn't it? And he got the knife out. He was about to pierce him food and quarter him, sacrifice him on that altar. Is that going to physically hurt him? You bet it's going to physically hurt him. Is blood going to be everywhere? You bet blood's going to be everywhere. Of your only son. Is it going to smell like iron? It's going to smell like iron. God had to give faith to do that. In that, when was Abraham jumping for joy? When was Abraham calmly happy and content and glad when he saw the ram in the thicket? Christ said when he saw my day, he was glad. He knew what was going to happen. He knew Christ was coming and he saw that lamb. <laughs> that ram stuck in the thicket when he looked behind. Already there. Walked right past him. That angel spoke to him. Said Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. The angel from the Lord came and called to him from heaven. Said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. That angel of the Lord knew he feared God. He's the one to put fear in him. <laughs> He's saying that out loud. So Abraham would know. He said, Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> Amen. I believe him. You made me. Because he gave all the glory to God, didn't he? Now I know that thou fearest God. See, and thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And he called that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. He rejoiced. He was glad. How was Abraham glad? God came to him. He revealed Christ's person and work to him. And in him, he changed him, made him different, and proved to Abraham that the Lord was his all in all. He proved to Abraham that the faith he'd given him was faithful to Christ. He was who he said he was, and the promises that he made were true. And he shall save his people from their sins by making himself an offering for their sins. He's going to have to become Isaac. That ram's going to take Isaac's place. How am I going to be saved? Christ's going to have to become me. Blood's going to have to be shed. God's going to remain just, and he's going to justify his people. You're going to be glad? You ever truly really want to be glad? You're going to have contentment. You're going to have to see Christ. You have to see his day. His day. Now back in our text. John chapter 8. Christ is God in human flesh, the substitute, the kinsman redeemer, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, believers all in all. John 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Our sense of time just got blew out the water. <laughs> Before he was, I am. This is the great I am standing right in front of him. That great one that calls his people. That great one that teaches them how to worship him. That great one that changes them from the inside out. That great one that teaches them that Christ is our only hope and his blood and his righteousness or nothing. He said, I am. Verse 59. 
Remember, what, remember how this chapter started? They brought him a woman in adultery. They said, we're going to stone her. What say you? He's going to stone a woman at the beginning of this chapter, wouldn't he? Lord took her place. Look how it's flip-flop. Verse 59. <clears throat> then they took up stones to cast at him. Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by, because his hour was not yet come, was it? It wasn't time. His day, that hour of that day was still to come. And he must be there. So I ask you, are you glad? Or do you still have rocks in your hands? Does that make you happy? He did everything. If somebody's going to be saved, God had to do it all. And it's because it, it was His will. And it pleased Him to do so. And nothing in us. And He does all the work. And He gets all the glory. And His people will believe Him. And they will have acting faith. And they'll be fully, plumb, totally persuaded. Because they're, they're plumb saved. <laughs> does that make you happy? Or do you want to kill Him? No! I won't have this man reign over me. I'm going to do something. He's worthy to be persuaded of. This one here. All right. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, make us faithful. Make us like our father Abraham. Allow us to not stagger to promises. Lord, you said them so plainly. Allow us to hear your voice when you come to your people. Teach us how to worship you. Give us a heart that believes. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Thank you for this scripture that you've given us. Your word. Your promises fulfilled. Lord, your will be done. Forgive us for what we are. It's in Christ's name that we ask. Amen.